0: Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Kurt Landry. Kurt Landry is the founder of Kurt Landry Ministries. He and his wife, Christy, travel extensively, preaching the gospel and empowering families to apply the word of God to everyday life. His focus is heavily in Israel, where he aims to bridge Israel and the church through providing safety and resources to those in need. And now, Kurt Landry will explain how believers can consistently walk in the light of Christ.
1: Let's dive into the message. So tonight it's, I want to visit about a little bit with, um, this is a message actually that I went back into the archives and pulled out. And um, this is actually from 2012, but I couldn't get away from it. I've never preached or I never, I used the same lesson twice. And you're not gonna hear the same thing that you heard in 2012 because the season's different. Things have changed, but God's word hasn't changed. God's desire hasn't changed. His heart is to spend time with you. He wants to walk with you. And anytime the presence of the Lord is, if you're gonna walk with God, you're gonna be walking in the light. Because once you grab hold of his hand, let me tell you, things began to change. So we're gonna walk in the light, it's time to. So in Isaiah nine, chapter, or verse two, we're gonna begin. Isaiah gives this passage of scripture and begins to, to give a prophecy of when the light was really going to come that was going to change the world. Now, honestly, or um, obviously, God's always been, been here. He had a plan, he created man, he created the earth, he created the sun, he created the moon, he created it all with a specific purpose in mind and that was to be a blessing for mankind to begin to have relations, fellowship and communion with him. Everything that he created was for that purpose and it has not changed, his purpose remains the same. So Isaiah gives his prophecy hundreds of years before Messiah was to come and he's talking about a region or a territory in this particular passage of scripture of Zebulun and Naphtali, the northern region of Israel um, in and around the Sea of Galilee. And if it mentions in the, in the previous verse about Galilee of the Gentiles. So he is identifying a particular place where the light was going to come. And obviously when Jesus did come, a bigger part of his ministry was in and around the Sea of Galilee. So here's Isaiah bringing this prophecy that as they, at this particular time, were under assault and under attack by two different countries, that there was hope that God was seeing them. In fact, he'd even just scolded the king right before he gave this verse and this passage. He said, why don't you ask me a sign of what I'm going to do? And the king refused and said, you know, I I won't ask a sign from God. And uh, Isaiah became quite upset. The Lord became quite upset and says, you may not ask a sign, but I'm gonna give you one anyway because there's gonna be a virgin, that's gonna conceive and it's gonna bear a child. That's a pretty good sign. But the thing is, is they missed it when it came. But the prophecy still you know, it continued on. This was God's choice. So it says in verse two, it says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. So originally God's plan was that man would never walk in darkness, but because of sin, man had the misfortune of having to walk in darkness the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. So in other words, when you're going through situations where you may be under assault, you may feel that, you know, God, do you see me? Do you know the situation that I'm in? Do you care? God does care. But it's when we go through those dark places that you have to turn your eyes to see the light. It says, you have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. This is my Messiah's first coming. It says, they rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. In other words, you may have come through some very dark times, but better times are coming. Walking in the light means walking in his presence. And anytime that says, when you're in his presence, there is fullness of joy. It says, for you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder. Whenever you're underneath the, the oppression of the enemy and the darkness of your circumstances, in that season there is hope because God has come to break the yoke of the enemy over your life. Says the rod of his oppressor. As in the day of Midian, And goes back and he, he, he wants them to remind them of in the season when there was a guy by the name of Gideon that came along and, and delivered Israel out of the most dire circumstances in an impossible situation, God showed up and chose a man by the name of Gideon and said, I want you to go and deliver Israel from the Midianites. Gideon said, I can't, I'm just one man. And the angel of the Lord said, one man can do it. If I'm with you, one man can do it. And that's what God's wanting him to see here in this passage of scripture through the prophecy of Isaiah. It says, as in the day of Midian, it says, every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and the garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and for a fuel of fire. This is, he's really speaking of the swaddling cloths that was used to wrap Messiah in when he came the first time. These are the things that the priest's garments that the Lord took and used and wrapped his son in because he was going to use his son as a light. These cloths were used during the feast to produce the light that illuminated the tabernacle or the temple at that season of time. Then it goes on and says, for unto us a child is born From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Isaiah brings a prophecy from the Lord and a word of the Lord to a people that's struggling underneath the assault of the enemy and says, there's a kingdom that's coming. And from the time of his birth, when this child comes, his kingdom begins then. It says that he's gonna sit on the throne of David over his kingdom, ordering it, establish it, judgment, justice from that time forward, even forever. So from that time till this present time, the kingdom of God is at work. Jesus over and over said the kingdom of God is near you. He came and he preached the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the good news of the kingdom. Well, I got news for you tonight. Walking in the light is walking in his kingdom. Isaiah 60, verse one. There's a time to separate over from what used to be to what should be. It says, arise and shine for your light has come. Arise, shine for your light has come. Arise, shine for your light has come. Arise, shine for the light has come. It's shining on you right now. It's in you. The light of God is in you right now. Your light has come. It says the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now, did it rise upon Messiah? Absolutely. Everything that he did, he did for his father. He was a light to the world, remains a light to the world today. The thing is, is that as ambassadors of the kingdom of God, that light is in you tonight just like it was in Yeshua. It says, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but but the Lord will arise over you. So when we see the world getting darker and more bizarre, and some of the choices that are being made and some of the, the things, decisions that are being made, take heart because that's, the you know, the Lord predicts that. The world is gonna get dark, but on you, we have the opportunity to be sharing and showing the light and the love of the Lord. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. So the glory falls upon us. What does the glory look like? Moses in Exodus 33 speaks and says he said to the lord lord show me your glory now this is a man that has just been in the presence of god he's been up to the mountaintop he's received the 10 commandments he's gotten a, a the the description of how to, how to build the tabernacle the the things and the events uh, or or the articles of the of the tabernacle that's the expression of of what uh, god wants mankind to 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 learn about coming into the presence and into the, the glory of the Lord. So the Lord answers him. Then the Lord says, notice how he answers him. Moses is asking for one thing, God gives him something else. Because Moses in his zeal wants, look, I just, I just want you, I just want, but the thing is he says he's not ready for that yet. He's gotta, he's gotta be conditioned a little bit for more because if the Lord just opened it all up to him, it would literally have consumed him. It would have destroyed that vessel that he wasn't done using yet. It says, I will make all of my goodness. Notice what it says here. I will make all of my goodness pass before you. In other words, I'm going to begin to show you the goodness and the greatness of myself. I'm gonna begin to reveal to you who I really am. Instead of just blasting you out, I'm going to reveal the goodness of my nature to you. Says, and then I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'm showing you the goodness. Now I'm giving you my name. The name is the power of God. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Now, he's already had an introduction. If you remember, remember when he talked with the Lord at the burning bush, he says, well, who am I going to, you know, who who do I tell Israel sent me? He says, I am that I am. That's one aspect of understanding who God is. Now he says, I'm going to cause my name to pass before you. I'm going to proclaim it before you, I'm gonna put my name up on you and in you. It says, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But what you've asked me, be careful what you ask for. But he said, you cannot see my face. You're wanting to look me face to face, to face, to face, to face, to face, so that you can be in the ultimate encounter with me. And he says, you're not ready for that. There's something else that I've gotta do before that's possible, but that's coming. That's a coming attraction. You cannot see my face, it says, for no man shall see me and live, why? because of the sin nature that's there. It hasn't been dealt with yet. He's given the, the, um, the instructions on the sacrifices, the blood of animals, of bulls, of goats, of different things like that. But there's something that's going to have to come. They don't take away the sins. They're just covering them for a brief period until the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate redemption takes place. He says, but there is a place. Lord said, there is a place by me and you shall stand upon the rock. And so it shall be that while my glory passes by. So you're on the rock, my glory is going to come. What you've asked for is gonna come and it's gonna pass right in front of you. So he says, while my glory passes by, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, in that split, in that hollow, in that divide, in a safe place and I'm going to cover you with my hand. The arm of the Lord comes and covers him so that there's no peeking because you're not ready for that yet. There's a process of coming into the presence of the Lord. He says, and you shall see my back. That's not what I'm wanting. God, I don't want to see your back. Oh, the back is plenty. The Lord says, my back is plenty. For what you're called to do, all you need is to see my back. See my back, see my back, see my back. Yeshua is the express image of the Godhead, right? What did they do to Yeshua's back? What did they do to Yeshua's back? It says they took a cat of nine tails and they flayed him open. If you'll see my back, you'll see the price that I'm willing to pay for you to bring you into a fellowship so that you can walk with me in the light. But my face shall not be seen. You're not ready to look me in the eye yet but that's coming. Isaiah 16 verse three says, the Gentiles shall come to your light and the Kings to the brightness of your rising. So when Yeshua came, he came to the house of David. He came to the nation of Israel. John eight and 12 says, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. See what he's, he's making a proclamation. He's making a declaration. Do you follow the Lord? Are you his disciples? Are you walking in his instruction? Are you walking in his spirit? He says, he who follows me shall not walk in what? Darkness. But have the light of what? What? life. John 12 and 35 says, then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become what? Sons of light. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have become a son or a daughter of light. His light's in you. The reason he's in you is so that you can show forth or shine forth that light to a world that's becoming ever darker. The darker the world becomes, the easier your job becomes. I'm not walking in darkness any longer. I am a son of light. These things Jesus spoke, he says, and he departed and then he was hidden from them just because Jesus was hidden from them didn't mean that he was gone Ephesians 5 says for you were once darkness you were once darkness you were once you were once you're not there now right you were once in darkness but now but now but now you are light in the Lord. That's your inheritance is the glory. It's the light. It's the inheritance of Jesus Christ is that you bear that same light. Says then if we have that, since we are the light of the Lord, it's in us. Then he says, walk as children of light, walk. Well, what does children of light do? They do they go and they grab their daddy's hand and they say, "You know what, Dad? As long as I'm with you, it's all all right. I'm on top of the world." His glory is more than enough. His light can make even the harshest trials endurable, not only endurable, but the glory can come. It says, for the fruit of the spirit is in all what? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. What is acceptable? Walking in the light. How do, how do we do that? You know, it's one thing to talk about it. You know, I sit here and I, I can go through all these different scriptures. But what is it really like to walk with God? What is it to walk in his presence, in his spirit, in his light. What does the Lord require of us? Micah 6, 8. Notice it's back in the, the old covenant. And God's describing what, what his purpose and his plan is for man. What does God really want? He says, he has shown you, O man, what is good, what's acceptable. And what does the Lord require of you? But to what? Do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with who? Goes back to the very beginning. God's still waiting for us just to walk with him in the cool of his creation. Ephesians 5 and 14. Therefore he says, awake, you who sleep, awake. It's time that we began to recognize and realize who we are in Jesus Christ. You are walking with the power of his spirit right now. Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because what? Oh, the days are evil. You mean we're not going to, you know, we're just, the church isn't going to get better and better and take over the world and just present the kingdom to God? Not the way I read it. See, the church is called to be a light. People are making choices. But the church needs to be the church. The church needs to be the light of the world. Needs to be witnessing to the truth that's in Jesus Christ. Needs to be holding to the standard that what God set, no compromise, no sin. Holiness, kavod, the glory of the Lord, set apart, kadosh, kadosh, all of that needs to be within the, within the church daily walk with God. Until we get there, then obviously we're going to be walking short of what God has ordained for us to be truly walking in the light. Because if you really walk in the light, everything that Jesus did, you'll do. Everything that Jesus did, you can do. So redeeming the time, we need to redeem the time. We still have some time. A lot of people say, well, how much time do we have? We're waiting on the rapture of the church. Well, great. Redeem the time. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. We have the greatest opportunity to do just that. First John one through five and I'll close. This is the message which we have heard from him. Okay, John speaking, this is the message that we got from the headquarters that God is light. Okay, God is light. In him is no darkness at all. God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. You're stronger with your brother than you are by yourself. He says so much more as you see the day approaching that you have fellowship and you keep communion, you, keep, you continue to come in. Unity produces power. We have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If you can't get along with your brother here now, uh, we need to work on some things. Walking in light brings forgiveness and love. You don't have to agree with everything that they say, but you still gotta love them. Isaiah 63 through six, and then we're closing here. Gentiles shall come to your light. Kings of the brightness to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around. This is the instruction that I want you to get. Lift up your eyes all around. Lift up your eyes all around. And see, they gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. Your heart shall swell with joy because of the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. A lot of times this stuff gets underlined right here. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all those of Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. This word came in 2012 when I love he was talking about, well, the camels are coming, the camels are coming, the camels are coming. Well, to some folks, the camels got de- de- detoured. They may have been delayed for a little bit. But in this season, I'm gonna redeclare the camels are coming. The camels are coming. It's the season for th- third day wealth transfer. It's time now for that to happen. The church has to walk in light. It has to be obedient. It has to do the things that it's called to do, to follow the instruction. Walk with your father, walk in the light. You'll see his promises will not fail.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Kurt Landry Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.